0: Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here.
1: Everyone, my name is Tori Suda Hay, and I graduated from UMS class of 2021. I played basketball for Coach Canova for five years, and during my time at UMS, I was a multi-sport athlete and was just constantly go, go, go all the time. There's one story or more so memory that I have with the Coach, and it involved me both cheering and playing basketball. <laughs> Obviously, the cheer and basketball seasons were happening simultaneously, so I was constantly going back and forth between practices, and all that being said, I never missed an entire basketball practice. I I think, you know, young me was a little bit concerned with what would happen if I did miss an entire practice, um, but I just remember being absolutely exhausted, you know, from my busy schedule, and, you know, I never really felt like I could get a break, and so I would always remember getting a little frustrated with Coach C, because he'd get, you know, gave me a hard time about cheering. And I'm like, you know, I never understood, like, why he was trying to make it harder for me to do both. Like, why can't I just do cheer and basketball, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now as I've matured a little bit more, I see that obviously those weren't his intentions at all. Um, You know, Coach Canova truly saw the potential in me as a player before, you know, I even saw it for myself. And he was hard on us because he knew how great we could be if we would just realize it for ourselves, too, and put in the effort. So not only did Coach, you know, push me to be a better basketball player, but also a better person overall. And that's hard to find in many coaches nowadays where a coach just continues to make an impact on their players' lives even after they've graduated. Um, So for that, I just want to give a huge thank you to Coach C. And, oh, man, I would give anything just to get back on that court and play for one more time with my UMS family and a huge congrats coach C on 400 wins. It is so well-deserved. Thanks.
2: Hey, welcome to this week's episode. And yeah, that was Tori, man. I missed that girl. That was one of our young ladies who played with us and uh, one of the few uh, who was able to maintain, uh, being a cheerleader and a basketball player, the overlap for that is, uh, is really, really hard. And uh, a, lot, a lot of players kind of give up one or the other. And uh, Tori is, I think, one of three. I know we had Andy Robinson and we had Jenna Wilkins, and I think Tori is one of three who was able to make it her whole time. And uh, as she mentioned, the key was uh, just being where she needed to be. And uh, Tori did a great job, I was proud of her Miss her, and uh, she's doing great things now off in college This week's episode is going to be a little bit different We're going to have a little hodgepodge of things Um, Yeah, on the last episode we talked about uh, reaching that 400-win milestone And celebrating that with some of my former players and current players Uh, Right now we're 11-1 and And um, with being 11-1 and and having our best start since 2009 and 2010, people would assume everything is just gravy and peachy and rolling on, and 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 you can't let it be. You've got to continually strive for perfection, and we'll talk about that. I also want to talk about the Deion Sanders situation, the Deion Sanders move. I'll touch on that a little bit because I've got a, some, a point of view on that, that I'm sure many of you guys uh, share, many of you guys have. But let's talk about our team right now. As I mentioned, we are 11-1, and, and there are still things that we can improve upon. We, by far, have not played our best game yet. We play a tremendous, tremendous defense. Our kids are really getting after it. Uh, We're creating a lot of problems for folks defensively. Offensively, man, we're shooting the ball well. I think we got five or six kids on our team that's shooting over 30% from three point range. We got a point guard who's finding them, who's facilitating the basketball. And then we've got a post player who's uh, had maybe five or six double doubles. And then we've got another post player who's had a 20 point game. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of uh, things that we do well. The thing that, 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 that we're trying to work on or, or the thing that I'm trying to strive for is, uh, well, let me just t- t- tell you a little uh, a quote that I kind of, I heard and then I kind of formulated and kind of uh, made it, made it my own. Basically, I tell our kids that we want to set the bar so incredibly high that if we fall short of reaching our goal, we're still better. Than the average people, and then I'll say that again. We want to set the set the bar so incredibly high that if we fall short of reaching our goal, we're still better than the average people. And what I mean by that is, I'm going to ask our kids to do some things that that in many cases might be impossible. But if we get close, if we get close, then then we, we're doing some good stuff, and and that's where we are right now at 11 and one. We uh, we by far from being perfect, but our, our record's almost perfect. Uh, our one loss, 49-48. We, uh, we were actually up. We were uh, in control of the game, and uh, and just uh, 48-40 with about four minutes to go and did not score again. We had a couple free throw opportunities. We had a couple opportunities to make some baskets, and uh, we didn't. And uh, we lost 49-48. And uh, thankfully, since then, we've bounced back and we've won our last four or five and we kind of got things rolling again. But uh, there's always things you can do better. And and so some of the things that we're working on right now is just uh, little things. Um, You know, in our last game, uh, I I got on one of my players. I got a young lady who's an outstanding athlete, an outstanding player, a very, very good defender. And, uh, for whatever reason, I, I, I walked down the bench and, uh, was going to put her in the game and her body language was just not very good at all. And, uh, I gave her a little piece of my mind and, and, uh, as I went to put her in the game, she just, uh, it, it, just, the, the, the energy she exuded walking to go check in just wasn't where I felt it needed to be. And, um uh, so I just told her, come back and sit, sit back down. And uh, it, it's one of those lessons where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, she's probably thinking, what is wrong with this guy? We're winning this game. We got a good lead. We're winning. Why is he worried about my body language? And, and you know, like I told her, it's just we, we just don't do things that way. Uh, you, you got to you, you got to you, you, we got to be better. We got to be better, and I know we all struggle with with that sometimes. And 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 the, the thing I mentioned to her is, uh, you know, I, I know college coaches, and I was one myself. That 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 there are times where you look at something like that, you look at body language like that, and it will literally get you taken off the board as a recruit because because of body language. And and so, this young lady is is an incredible, incredible kid. She's a wonderful kid, and. And the message I gave her after the game was, I don't want people from the outside looking at you thinking you're a knucklehead because you're not. Uh, but but that was the image she was portraying, and I don't even think she realized it. Uh, and the other thing is, I, I want when she comes in the basket, I want all of them when they come in a game, I want them to exude confidence. I want them to... Uh, to, to man have those shoulders perked up to, to exude that confidence because our teammates see it and, and also the opponents see it. And so body language is so important and uh, hopefully hopefully we got past that but that's one of the things man when you got a really really good team, all of these girls want to play. I've got nine players on the varsity. Uh, on it on, on every night and all nine of them want to play but uh, for you basketball coaches out there, you know I mean it, it's hard. It's hard to get nine players in significant time I think if you do the math There's about 17 minutes to go around in a high school basketball team if you want to average for nine players uh, and, and I've got I've got a good team and so so it's hard and, and, and so we're working on that but but going back to the body language thing uh, just in the same same night in our JV game, we had a young lady that that uh, we're down one, missed a couple free throws, uh, uh, made a play that didn't go her way, and and her shoulders dropped. And um, uh, our JV coach called a timeout, and uh, you know I try and stay out of their way doing the JV games and and just kind of watch and observe. And uh, but when he called that timeout, I ran over to her and I kind of shook her up a little bit. I said, "Hey, you need to tighten up. You need to forget about this, Uh, man." Her shoulders were slumped. She, you could tell she was she was frustrated. She was upset because she missed a free throw. She missed missed some opportunities. And I said, "You got to you got to move on to the next play. You got to get yourself right." And, man, I'll be dumb. I'm so proud because a uh, couple seconds to go in the game, she takes the thing coast to coast. She drives it in the paint, shoots a little floater, and hits the game winner right uh, with, with two seconds to go, and they win the game. And I was so, so happy for her. And it, and it just it just solidified my lesson to her about, hey, next play. Move on from that last mistake, next play. But, you know, we all know how hard it is. For uh, uh, to, to move on when you make a mistake, and, and I'm so glad she did, and she got past that because, uh, man, what a what a highlight! What a highlight! Uh, and, and finally, the other thing that we are dealing with right now is um, program as a whole. Uh, it, it was it was kind of a perfect storm, or actually an imperfect storm. We had the other day. We got a game now keep in mind uh, my seventh grade coach is a varsity assistant. my eighth grade coach varsity assistant, my JV coach, varsity assistant. We got a JV game we got seventh grade practice we got everything going on and it's all kind of coming to a head and we're about to have a, a, a big big varsity game. Well lo and behold uh, I've got all my parent, all my coaches are being questioned by parents about playing time. And uh, no major major issues, but it really touched a chord on me, and uh, and and it just uh, it got me a little bit frustrated. And so you know, I reached out and, and sent a message, basically saying, "Look, we can't do it like this. We got to make sure we do things the right way. We got to make sure that uh, if if you want to talk to a coach, let's let's have a meeting." Let, let, let's have a meeting but, but it can't be on game day and and uh, the, the, the funny thing was I got so many messages from parents that were not even involved. I got a message from a middle school parent who who literally, she assumed blame. Uh, in in her message she assumed blame because she was one of the ones that was talking to the coach uh, about it and and hers was not even the one that that struck a chord for me, but I guess I guess there was a guilty conscience there because she she messaged me and was telling me this that and the other and and uh, the one that struck the biggest chord with me was not even a middle school parent so. It just goes to show you, I guess, baby, she had a little bit of a guilt, guilty conscience, but we got to all do a better job. I got to do a better job communicating with our parents. Uh, you know, uh, those are things you cover in a parent meeting in the beginning of the year. Um, there's so many moving parts, and, and my, my my coaches are so, so busy, uh, you know, doing so many things for me that uh, we, we cannot have them being pulled in different directions uh, on game day dealing with those issues you know those are things that uh, a meeting needs to be called we can sit down preferably sit down with the kid first but if a parent wants to talk about it we can talk about it but but it absolutely has to be done in a different setting you know so that's the that's kind of how things roll in this world of hoops and coaches you guys know it man it's like you know you're rolling you you gotta you, you're doing good things your team's winning but you always have little fires to put out and little things that you got to take care of and little things that you got to address as, um, you know, as, as the season progresses. And again, it's all about striving per- for perfection with your team and getting your team to play its best basketball when it's most important in, uh, in late January and in February. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pause here for a second. We'll be back in a minute, and we're going to come back. I want to talk about the Deion Sanders move. I got a little, I got some opinions about that. Also, um, I've got a story sent in by one of my former players about her time with me that needs to be heard. It is, uh, it is one for the books. Her mom gave me permission to put this in. The player actually sent it in. To put in, so everybody approved of it. But it is one that you need to hear, and uh, I think you guys will get a kick out of it. Some of you might be appalled, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it just goes to show how tough some of these young ladies are. That you guys are, they, they become way tougher than than you ever dream they will when they are holding their Barbie dolls. When they're three and four years old, they become really, really tough student athletes, and they'll do some things that. Uh, just uh, really, really amazes. So we'll be back in a minute, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: Want to get away for the best vacation ever? Consider a group trip, whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort. Let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there. Just reach out. We'll help you.
2: Hey, honey where you get packed. We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. <laughs> Let's go.
3: Oh my gosh, I, I don't even know where to start. My time as a basketball player at UMS was one of the greatest experiences of my life and as a junior in college, I can truthfully say that I still think about it today um and it's so hard to pick just one memory but I think my favorite and I think coach she can attest would have to be when I got the stomach bug during I want to say a playoff game anyways we had practice that day and I was just down and out for the count but coach looked at me and he was like look we really need you for this game I don't know what what we can do to make you better but we got to do something and I looked at him and I was like okay let's go in the training room so sure enough our trainer Haley got um give me and some IV fluids in my arm and I was so dehydrated at this point I felt like I was gonna pass out but I sat in that training room all day and sure enough after about Eight hours, I want to say, of getting fluids, I felt like I could stand up again. And I came out there. And we had one day of practice left before the game. So I, I kind of went easy in practice just to see if I could get myself kind of back to where I knew I should be. And then the next day, I were getting ready for the game. And I look at Haley and I'm like, I really don't feel well. And Coach T looked at me. He was like, put her in damn diaper. So sure enough, our trainer went to CVS and bought me some women's diapers, and I walked out on that court and played my heart out. And you could see this diaper through my basketball jersey. And you know, it was one of the most humbling experiences. But at the end of the game, we won. And I have never had a human being push me to that extent. And Knowing that I could overcome that with Coach C's encouragement, I would have to say that would be one of my favorite experiences in high school.
2: That was Sarah Elizabeth Freeman. And uh, before you start writing letters to the station, please know that she lied. (laughs) Please know that, yes, that story is legendary. And, yes... That story is almost true. However, I did go back and I did get confirmation and I did get uh, witnesses on my behalf. I never, never once told that adorable child to go put on a damn diaper. So just uh, while, again, she is legendary for pulling that off... I I must defend myself and say I would never, never ask a child to do that. However, after the fact, uh, she goes down in the annals of one of the toughest children I've ever coached. Uh, But just so you've got the complete story, basically what happened, she was sick. Uh, One of the great things at at our school, and I guess many schools now, we, we do have training staffs that... That essentially get these kids ready for us. I mean, they're they're athletes, man, and and this our training staff is is amazing. And so, generally, what will happen is when there's an injury, first thing that the they do, the training staff calls the parents to make sure you know parents know what's going on. So nothing is done without the parents signing off on these things. And so I did understand that that uh, Seth, as we affectionately called her, Sarah Elizabeth Freeman, uh, Seth did get an IV and uh, and and she was struggling. Uh, but, but the part with the diaper, uh, so as I was told after the fact, uh, there was an old diaper in the training room. I think there was an incident many, many years ago uh, that a football player had to wear a diaper for, for, for a similar situation, and uh, and so there was a diaper in a training room, and so that diaper was legendary, and I think as I, I was told was, I guess Seth mentioned to some of her teammates, hey, I'm worried about you know uh, having an accident during the game, and so the girls started joking about, well, just wear a diaper. And so, lo and behold, our trainer decided, uh, "Hey, if, if you're good with it, I'm good with it." And she went to CVS and got her a Depends. And so, uh, that's actually how it occurred. It was not my suggestion. <laughs> now, after the fact, one of the one of the kids told me as she's in the in the game. One of the girls says, uh, "Coach, do you know you know Seth is wearing a diaper," and uh, and it was just again I laughed. We all laughed. Uh, it was le- is a legendary story, one that we will tell forever. Uh, but hopefully, when it's told, you hear the more accurate version. It wasn't the mean, insensitive coach uh, demanding that his uh, child w- wear a diaper on the. Uh, in the on the court, uh, you know, while we're talking about Seth, you know, talking about being through things with 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 some of these kids, uh, we had a situation with her one time in New Orleans, and uh, it had to take it to the uh, to the urgent care. And uh, her mom and dad, unfortunately, were traveling with business and was not able to be there. So my wife and I takes it to urgent care, and I remember. We're in the urgent care with the doctor uh, or the nurse or whatever. And then we go back, and the doctor comes in, and they tell her that she's going to have to get a shot. And I remember saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on, I'm not dad. Uh, let me please exit the room before you decide to give this child a shot." Uh, so, so we've been through some great stories with this uh, with this girl. Uh, amazing family. Uh, her her middle sister. Is a starting post player right now and is having a t- tremendous career. She's a junior, and she also has a little sister who's a freshman on our team, who's also going to be a tremendous player for us. So, uh, so yeah, that that family, legendary, and uh, and Seth with a legendary story for sure. When we began this episode, we mentioned uh, I mentioned earlier about uh, Dion Sanders and giving my opinion on Dion Sanders. Uh, just so you know, this. This episode, we was st- we started it several weeks ago, and uh, we had some technical difficulties. And so really, the Dion stuff is kind of old news now, and it's kind of been beat to death. Uh, there's a lot of people that are proud and happy for him, and there's a lot of people, detractors, that saying he sold out Jackson State and yada, yada, yada. You know, my opinion on that is just Dion hit a perfect storm. Uh, he's a dynamic personality Uh, he's a great recruiter, or at least he has been a great recruiter for Jackson State. We'll see how good a recruiter is now that he's in a Power Five conference, Uh, but he's just a dynamic personality, and it was a perfect storm with the NIL and the transfer portal, and he really hit uh, lightning in a bottle with uh, Jackson State. And uh, and now you know he's moving on, and and so again it, it, that topic's been beaten. Uh, so we're not going to go a whole lot into it. I, I'm just I'm sure everybody's anxious to see what he does now uh, as a coach. I cannot fault him for for doing that. A lot of his critics are you know down on him basically because he kind of. Some feel he misled uh, some of these players to Jackson State, uh, but uh, but it is what it is. Um, we'll see what the next stage is. And, and, and the one thing I will say with the transfer portal, the one positive with the transfer portal is – because coaches can leave at any time, the transfer portal does give kids that opportunity. I don't like kids just leaving for no reason. However, I think when a coach recruits you and you come to a school because a coach sold you on that school and your coach leaves, I do think that is a good reason for a, a student-athlete to, um, to leave. And, and, and that's one instance where I think the transfer portal uh, is, is not a bad thing now um, as I mentioned uh this this episode started a while back so when we started we were 11 and one uh now we are 14 and two and our team's playing very well and uh you know right now the biggest thing is just uh constantly improving we're at the midway point of the season it's about getting a little bit better every day. I know I alluded to one of the quotes that I talk with our uh, players about setting your goals so incredibly high that if you don't reach those goals, you still are better than most. And and that's kind of where we are right now. I mean, we've got incredibly high goals. We challenge these kids. We don't settle for mediocrity. We push them, we push them, we push them. And our kids have really responded. Right now, the big thing for me, having partic- I've, I've got 12 girls who dress up varsity on many nights, but mostly we have nine girls who who play the predominant minutes for us and and the key or the trick right now is is finding a way to to get that time spread. I did a uh, unique little experiment with my team uh, yesterday. What we did is I had them fill out, a list and list them list the team one through eight one through eight best offensive player number one all the way down to eight and then I had them do the same thing with with the defense because sometimes what they don't understand you know all they know is they want more playing time uh, that's a and 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 that's good that's a good thing we want that all their family knows is I want to see little Sally play that's all they care about and and again I get that I've been there too uh, but one of the things we did with with this experiment is we tallied all of these votes and it's it's unique to see uh, basically it, it it kind of fell kind of right in place because w- the, the way the kids rated themselves, we essentially had three three girls who was by and far, in the girls' opinions, our best offensive and defensive players combined. So we had three players, one, two, and three, the best offense and defensive players combined. Then what you got to do, you kind of got to take the point guards out of the equation. Some things that people don't understand, and co- coaches do, uh, but, but the general public don't understand. The point guard has to get us into our offense. The point guard has to get us going, has to get us moving. The point guard's got the ball in their hand way more than anybody else on the team. So the point guard, in many cases, is going to make more mistakes The point guard, in many cases, is going to have more opportunities for uh, mistakes. And then oftentimes, they give that player the pass where they need it to score. And the point guard, of course, gets an assist, but very little else. And so, so the crazy thing was, when we did this experiment, if you take one, two, and three, those clearly voted by our players and and and, and add, agreed upon by our coaching staff. Those three were our three best players both offensively and defensively. Then you take the point guards out of the equation because we could not win a game without our point guards. We cannot win our game win a game without our point guards. So I took both point point guards out of the equation. Now it leaves you with four players. And all four players, actually three three of them more than the fourth, but, but the other three, three more players, all the players kind of rated the same. And, and the reason behind that is those three were either a better offensive player or a better defensive player. And that's where the playing time gets tricky. There are some players who are offensive studs, and there's some players who are defensive studs. And so the game is 32 minutes. If you're an offensive stud, then in reality right around 15 to 16 minutes is uh, the amount of playing time that you've earned. If you're a defensive stud and not very good on offense, then you know, 15 16 minutes is what you've earned. And so that's what players sometimes fail to understand. And, again, it's our job as coaches to, to make sure we, 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 we just push them in the right direction. We, we talk to them about being good teammates and, and giving everything they got. And then also what we want to do is we want to make those offensive studs better defensive players. And we want to make those better defensive studs, better offensive players. So our team is better. And, and, and then in many cases, that play in time increases. Uh, so that's kind of what we're working on right now. Just again, just trying to be as good as we can possibly be and uh, and keep this thing moving. So here we sit at the midway point of the season, 14-2, and two, ranked at number six. In, um, in 4A in the state of Alabama when this uh, comes out on Monday morning, December 19th, we actually have a game tonight. We'll be playing Coach Charlie Ship and his Davidson Warriors. They're ranked number six in 7A in the state of Alabama. So big matchup tonight. Uh, that'll be at Davidson. Come out and see it. Also, um, Moving forward, if you listen to this in Mobile and you have a daughter that is in the first through fifth or sixth grade, I'm not sure what the ages uh, span, we have a little basketball camp December 21st and 22nd. So come out from nine to noon, those two days, it's going to be a fun camp, we'll have some former players, some current players, showing you guys the right way, and uh, we'll be doing that. And then also, this is our last episode before Christmas. So, the next episode should come out right after Christmas. So, I want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas, Uh, a Happy Holiday for those of you who do not celebrate Christmas. Just a wonderful, wonderful, joyous holiday season. Many, many blessings. Um, Just Coaches enjoy the little bit of time you get off during this time. I know how it is; we don't get the full holiday breaks like uh, many other professions. Enjoy the time with your teams, but also the little bit of time you do get with families. Enjoy that time, cherish it. I know it's fleeting. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays from Coach C and my family, both at UMS right and at home, and um, we'll catch you guys again next week. Take care.
0: That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.